0: Ready? Welcome tonight. Uh, Pastor Kevin Kello with you. Greetings. uh, In the lovely name of Jesus, the name I want to speak. Sister Lynn found a just marvelous worship song Sunday. We sang it, and yes, the Holy Ghost descended, And we had another refreshing and recovery of breath as the Holy Ghost breathed on us. We've gathered together again tonight to open the Word of God and to offer prayer. Our good, faithful, and loyal Pastor uh, Curtis is within the heavy time of his season. He's racing against rain and cold weather, so he's not with us this evening, but he does want prayer. He did request prayer, and he made mention of a miracle retirement, so we need to pray that... Uh, somebody who would come and lift his burdens, reward his diligence and hard work, and that he could sail into the golden uh, years of retirement with good health and strength and life, because he is a very good and godly man. We do have uh, his uh, wonderful ministry wife with us tonight, uh, Deanna Lynn, she's with us, she's also our Our teacher and our educator, uh, she corrects me on my language and my verbiage and my uh, alliteration. And uh, I'm glad that she's here because I need some improvement. And I'll try to take things uh, a little bit more seriously. Um, But I will uh, again, want to offer prayer up towards the north. We've got two really good ones. Uh, I think it's because God is alluded to as residing in the sides of the north. And first northward, up 321, if we ran into Hildebrand, we'd run into the Reflections of Christ ministry. I was there last uh, weekend, and I was here on the first day of the week, which is Sunday. And uh, I was opening for uh, Dr. Pat Hayes. I'm just an opening act when it comes to his teaching. I'm just like one of those new bands that come on that are trying to catch on as the established band and the real crowd comes to hear the main ticket. And uh, I was able to preach and teach the Word of God with Robert, Rita, Brother Jim, and all those wonderful, fantastic people whom I love and I must admit they love me back. I will also be up there this next Wednesday. We'll have another fill-in here, I think it'll be Brother Brent, or maybe possibly uh, Michael. I know both of them do an excellent job. Or we may slip AJ in here, he's uh, been participating. uh, He and his son, with the opportunity uh, to see the Atlanta Braves possibly win another World Series. I hope they do. And um, so we give thanks to that. God is moving on terms of our politics. We had a nice Republican uh, red wave of people who no longer want their children uh, manipulated and miseducated by critical race theory and teaching the lies of this Hannah Nicole Jones who is basically a racist herself and uh, just makes the argument from the point of racism uh, to indict all white people, which is we are not guilty. I have zero guilt when it comes to uh, that indictment. And, uh, you know, I don't even know if I can feel bad for you. Uh, I've had to work and live and press on. And uh, we're glad that America is waking up. Parents are waking up. You cannot trust public education in the hands of democratic leadership. Uh, again, so we're thankful for that. Uh, in places like uh, Minnesota, uh, New Jersey, uh, in Virginia. And so we, we just are very thankful uh, that, that uh, real people who listen to the people, people who listen to their constituents, their districts that they represent. I would really keep my ear to the ground for what my people wanted to have done. So if we headed out west, we run into another good ministry at the Refuge Church in Pelham, Tennessee. That is, uh, again, Roy and Amanda Wood. So uh, we acknowledge them and we bless them. And uh, their two sons that they're training up in the way that they should go. And then further up north at the Redeeming Life campus where James and Sheila Potter reside. There's a wonderful man there, uh, Brother James. There's also where uh, Dr. Pat Hayes is the emeritus overseer and teacher and educator, uh, someone that I get to work with and travel with uh, from time to time, and even be the opening, the opening act uh, to the main show. I, I'm, kind of the, uh, I, I'm kind of the hors d'oeuvre, and he's the prime rib and, and potato. And uh, uh, the, the green beans and all that good stuff. So, uh, But appetizers are good. They get you ready for the for the big meal. And then if we went down south, we cannot forget. My good friend and brother, uh, Raymond D. and Ann B. Burroughs of Faith Temple. They are there, and they do a really marvelous job uh, with their church. And uh, they're just... As good of pastors as I think uh, you could see, you're fine. Uh, someone that I learn from, par excellence, I, I have them on top shelf. I come in around probably third or fourth. I'm 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 on the shelf, but they're top shelf. They're they're top of the top, and I'm still learning myself. Uh, but I do love them, and I send my love to all those wonderful people in that direction, and uh, pray for yours truly. I got uh, my booster vaccination today and my flu vaccination. Holy mackerel. I got, a, I got double double in each, in each shoulder. So, And I'm doing well, so I give God thanks. Now, we have things to remember in prayer. Remember good health and life and strength. Some of us all struggle at times. And um, we want to pray tonight for God's mercy. Uh, this is going to have to do with the second part of the covenant called grace. And the second part of that covenant called grace, as is found in Isaiah 55, uh, verse 3, um, verse 5, I mean, is that it's the sure mercies of David. And God is merciful to our offenses or our unrighteousness things that we do that would normally break a relationship, God, in the name of loving, forgives in His mercy to our offenses so that He can keep relationship with us when we come short and we fail. So tonight is a night about mercy. Uh, I pray all of those who tuned in and listened in uh, for our sermon on Sunday and enjoyed it, and we've got further down south, If you really go down south, and uh, apparently the the crimson tide is receding, they're no longer number one in the football polls, but Alabama's rolling back instead of rolling forward. Thank God. Um, But there are some fine fellas down there who are really young and really strong uh, in grace, and um, we appreciate their energy and their youth. Joshua Wood and his anointed wife, Samantha, who apparently on Sunday night, uh, while Josh was playing on the piano, began to move in the gifts of the Holy Ghost. Kind of took the service over, and uh, they had a real recovery, a real refreshing, a real breath of God uh, moving there in their church. I know Pastor Greg and those were definitely blessed by Miss Samantha. Uh, The Holy Ghost woman, who's married to a Holy Ghost man, Joshua. And then, a little bit closer to the Georgia, I believe it's Georgia-Alabama line, you have, uh, and he's a hoot, uh, you have Ricky Odom, and then Joshua's younger brother, Jonathan Wood. We want to remember them as well. They're young ministers seeking and praying to do God's will. And let's lift them up. We have many people that we want to lift up, and many people that we want to pass the baton off to. They're our next generation. They're the hope of what's coming. Uh, When I get to where I can't do it no more, I'm I'm doing the best I can now, and I'm feeling stronger. And now I do believe I may get to live a little bit longer than I thought. Uh, I was pretty much on wobbly uh, legs there for a while, and uh, I was saying Sunday, uh, this weeble wobbles and falls down, so uh, the falling is less, and I appreciate that. I'm getting a little bit better and stronger. I just just pray for me that I don't eat too much, uh, even though I don't eat uh, probably a fourth of what I used to. I, I I couldn't pay I couldn't pay weight to leave my body. It seems like it, it, it locks down and it says, "Oh no, we're not leaving. We're hanging on." So anyway. Uh, Yours truly uh, would appreciate prayers this way for continued good health. I also want to say uh, to my friend Rick Hensley, he had a birthday, and uh, I want to say a happy birthday to him as he approaches the 70s range. Uh, my older brother in the Lord, but uh, we do we do love him. So Father, tonight anoint me tonight to speak all the words of this life to your people. God bless this streamcast, bless this, and God favor it with your grace and anointing. And let the word of God be rich tonight. Let the hearers listen and receive the engrafted word. I believe what I have to say tonight is very important. Covenantally true, fundamentally foundational to all that we say, ask, or think. And if we practice anything, dear Lord Jesus, let us become people who practice forgiveness and mercy. Let us be people who practice the unconditional love of God in establishing a hope that would never make people ashamed or me. And God, let the love of God be shed abroad in our hearts through the Holy Ghost. And Lord, let us stand in the substance of the measure of faith you have dealt to every one of us, Until we can give the evidence of the victories and the virtues that you, the resurrection and the life, have brought back up out of our dead souls. And you have given us a recovery of personality, a recovery of real godly character, a recovery of everything that you designed to be wonderful uh, in us as good fruit and good virtues. As the planting of the Lord, the trees of righteousness, let us bear about your good nature. And then we know if we go forward in that way, the gifts of God will make room uh, for themselves. They'll take over as they should. And then we'll give no one a wrong vision and a bad feeling about where the gifts of God emanate from. We know the gifts and the calling are without repentance. God help us to keep under our bodies. Help us to, uh, after we finish preaching to others, let us not be castaways. Lord, let us ever stay humble and submissive and abased under your hand. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for praying with me. If you have your Bibles tonight, let's turn to James 2. And I want to begin in a principle and we'll be traveling as far back to 1 Samuel 19, to a place called Nob. That's not Henry's Nob. Those who live here in Gaston County have gone out to Henry's Nob. Oh no, we're not going to Henry's Nob. We're going to go to a place called Nob in Israel in the Bible. But that's that has yet to come. That's yet to come. So James 2, and we're going to read verses 1 through 13. And we're going to start really emphasizing around verse 7. Around the middle of this teaching. Brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. This is what you don't do with respect of persons. For there come into your assembly a man with a gold ring and goodly apparel. Mine's gold, but it's, it's, it's silicone, it's rubber. So don't get any ideas. Uh, and there also come in a poor man in vile raiment. And you have respect to him that wears the good clothing. It says gay clothing. you got to be careful with those words in today's climate. But the good clothing. And saying to him, sit thou here in a good place. And say to the poor, stand thou there or sit here under my footstool. Are you not then partial in yourselves and become judges? Of evil thoughts. And as uh, the Christian psychiatrist said, Carl Jung, thinking is complicated. Thinking and being insightful and meditating is complicated. And it requires everything to slow down and real good and godly discernment and consideration. That's why most people opt out for judgment. They just jump on a judgment and go with it. I'd rather sit down and really think about a matter. I'd really think it through, meditate upon it, ruminate, and consider what the Word of God is really trying to teach us. So it says you become judges of evil thoughts. That's not the Christian church. And I've seen so many in the church today turn to their bitterness, and their list, ever since I knew them, just gets longer and longer and longer. The list of everything they disagree with. In so much that instead of being healed and lifting up hands and making straight paths for their their feet, they rather turn themselves out of the way because they cannot tolerate and they cannot forgive even though they claim forgiveness. We are not to be judges of evil thoughts. And I want to show you that there's something that rejoices against judgment and it is very important, it's called mercy so here we are, hearken my beloved brethren, verse 5 hath not God chosen the poor of this world rich in faith, heirs of the kingdom which he hath promised to them that love him? yes, poor people are God's chosen and you can support that with Psalm 78, 1-28 through 28, and Psalm 138, verse 6 now I hope you write those down because if you look that up with that scripture You're going to have a solid reference as what the Bible has to say as to why He would choose poor people like me. He chose me when I was poor. Poor and undone. Poor in spirit. Had no spirit moving in me. And while I was God's enemy, He came and visited me and gave me mercy. Uh, Heirs of the kingdom which He hath promised to them that love Him. Verse 6, but you have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats? Well, the answer to that, according to Proverbs 14, 31 and Proverbs 17, 5, is yes. It's the wicked that tries to rule over the weak and to punish the innocent. Now, verse 7, do they not blaspheme that worthy name, which ye are called? Yes, unfortunately, they take his name in vain. I honor the name of Jesus. I honor the Lord and my knee bows and my tongues confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and I believe it's a glory to God who became my father through the new birth of Jesus Christ. Amen. And then verse 8, now we hit the royal law. This is what it's all about. If you fulfill the royal law, boy this is up there of the royalty. All of you king's kids who love the position and the privilege that God has gave you, Let's see if you'll practice what gives you that privilege and what gives you that position. The royal law, according to the scripture, is thou shalt love thy neighbor as yourself. And if you do, you do well. Which means you don't want to hurt people or you don't want to malign people. You don't want to judge people wrongly. You don't want to gossip. uh, While, you know, I've seen people go back five years, six years, ten years. and one person uh, is completely liberated. same place, same time, same bat time, same bat channel, same situation. And one person is condemned and the other person's completely off the hook. And we just overlook that and we show mercy to one and give condemnation to the other. These things ought not to be. That is salt water and fresh water out of the same well, And there are no wells found here on earth that do that, except the wellspring that's inside of human beings. How can you be forgiving to one, same bat time, same bat location, and then condemning to the other? I think there is a partiality. Uh, Again, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. If you do that, you do well. But if you have respect to persons... Watch it now. Respect a persons. If you don't like Rahab the harlot, she's as much a woman of God as Mary the mother of Jesus. Yeah, remember I said it. She's in the messianic line in promise. What was called a witch from Egypt, the call lady of Jericho, made a covenant with the two spies and they came into agreement. And on that day, All the walls fell, but on the uh, southeastern side of the city there was a tower. She had the penthouse where all the men of the city would go and uh, contract with her for the illicit sex with the women of that city. It was with uh, those two men that she made a deal with for her and her father's house because she had heard of the fame and Rahab from Egypt was saved. When all the walls came down, one penthouse stood, and there was a scarlet thread of redemption let down her wall. Yes, she comes into the line. She marries a Jewish man, Salmon. Salmon uh, gives way in birth to a fellow named Obed. And Obed gives way to a birth called Jesse. And yes, Jesse gives way uh, through one of his uh, concubines, one of his wives. Uh, Not one of his seven preferred sons, but his eighth son was David, and David became king. And it's through that messianic line that we have not just Mary, but also Joseph. So there she is, and that proves God can forgive sin. God loves people. Get used to it. It's who he is, it's what he does. Amen. For whoso shall keep, listen to this, but if you have respect to persons, Verse 9, you commit sin and are convinced, or you should have a conviction over your respect to persons and your clear partiality. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, well, he's guilty of it all. For he that said, do not commit adultery, said also, do, do not kill. Now, if thou commit no adultery, yet if thou kill... Well, you're in trouble, for sure. Uh, yet if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor. There starts out with a conviction. And your conviction that you apparently overrode and resisted did not guide you from the reins of your heart when it should have. You should have a feeling that lives on the inside of you. This is New Testament theology that you give an account of the deeds done in the body in real time. How can you forgive one person and then condemn another? Same place, same time, same event. And yet one gets forgiven and the other is held guilty. These things ought not so to be. Uh, Now you become a transgressor. You are acting and holding on to your partiality. You are not loving your neighbor As Christ forgave you You ask for forgiveness But you give none You ask for mercy but you show none And remember mercy can't be given Until they've offended you Until it comes Directly at you You know we give counsel to people We'll be merciful Well what do you do when it happens to you Surprise people and just tell them I forgive you I don't want this to come between us I forgive you I hope you change your life I hope you meet Jesus and I hope you get saved. I hope God is merciful. Uh, this is not worth falling out over. The relationship's more valuable than whatever little thing got messed up. But now you become a transgressor of the law. And that's how Nathan got sent to the house of David. Even though he had committed adultery with Bathsheba, when he jumped the line and killed the lamb, who indeed wasn't Bathsheba. But it was uh, her husband Uriah. He was the one that nurtured her up. She got to live. But when he killed Uriah, Nathan came a knocking. When he premeditated and preplanned his murder uh, when they went against the Ammonites. David is said through the prophet Nathan, "You use the sword of Ammon to kill my servant, Uriah." And that's a direct reference to how. Uh, Uriah was put to death. So again, uh, you become a transgressor of the law. Now look, here's two more, two more statements that we need to listen to. So speak ye, and so do, as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. The law of liberty. Well, that's interesting. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But let the Spirit stay in between you you can see someone building up in the bitterness because they are less and less filled with the Holy Ghost. If there's a possibility of being full of the Holy Ghost, there's also the possibility because of bitterness, unforgiveness, partiality, respect of persons, which then turns into hypocrisy. Boy, we're in a bad stew right now. Then it floods in that you are less and less filled, less and less moving, in the refreshing power of the Holy Ghost. God begins to resist your proud, unforgiving spirit, but He always gives grace to the humble. Always gives grace to the merciful. So speak ye, and so do, as they that shall be judged by the royal law of liberty. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. The more you see Jesus clearly, In the mirror of God's Word, the more we are changed into the same image, uh, even as by the Spirit, the Spirit filling us now, by the Spirit of of the Lord, because wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. You have greater freedom to maintain your relationships. A bitter person has less and less Holy Ghost. A spiritual person has more and more... Full to overflowing. Uh, 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 good point. Amen. And then number thirteen, here we go. Here's the clincher. For you shall have a judgment without mercy that has showed no mercy, and mercy rejoiceth, is in the constant rejoicing state against judgment. So instead of judging your brother, hey, have mercy, forgive it. Remember that you yourself are a son or daughter of forgiveness. People get misguided. People make mistakes. If you can save the relationship, become the scapegoat. Be, okay, it's my fault. Uh, okay, we'll make it my fault. Can, can I ask you to forgive me? Can, will you be restored? With, you've got an ought with me. How amazing. I'm a pastor. I, I, I'm over a church. Well, that's not surprising. Of course you have a fault with me. An ought with me. Uh, someone that I don't hate like you hate. Someone that I'm willing to love that you don't want to be loved. Someone that I forgive that you don't think should be forgiven. Of course it's my fault. So let me be blamed. But Proverbs 11:17 said, He that showeth mercy does good to his own soul. He that showeth mercy doeth good to his own soul. Now, if you would, I want to show you a couple places where Jesus really went out of His way to uh, point out the need for mercy. If you'll turn to Matthew 9, the top of the chapter, we find that Jesus has entered into a ship and He's passed over again and He's coming to His own city. Now, His own city is a place that He had to rebuke. They tried to kill him when the Sabbath controversies uh, began to start. And, I, and while you're there in Matthew 9, I'm just going to read a small portion of Luke 4. Because there he was again. And he asked, uh, this is after John 3, after his visit uh, from uh, uh, the, 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 the high priest, one of one of the men in the high priesthood, after Nicodemus, thank you Lord Jesus, after Nicodemus came and visited him, Jesus now is qualified to do something that he really registered for when he was 13. He went with his family to the temple and Jesus uh, went and registered and qualified for his rabbinical bar mitzvah. Not just his bar mitzvah, but to be a high priest of the law, which requires some four days of quoting all of the Decalogue from Genesis all the way through Deuteronomy, you have to quote the whole thing. Uh, what are you doing with your time? Do you know the Bible? Well, to, to be a priest, you have to sit down, Brother Joel, and you've got to quote from Genesis to Deuteronomy. Yes, I think I could do it. I do. If I would give myself to it and shut myself in, I know Sister Lynn could, uh, but I think I could do it. I would give myself, and that's where my heart really was. And back then you didn't have all these other attention killers that are trying to drag you away from God constantly. Jesus sat there and not only quoted Genesis to Deuteronomy, all that Moses, the first five books of the Bible, uh, uh, had to say, You know, Exodus, Numbers, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Genesis. And then, he not only answered all the questions about the law, but he also asked questions about the law. In Luke 4, he goes into uh, the synagogue in Galilee, and the power of the Spirit is on him, and he comes to Nazareth, uh, Cana of Galilee, uh, where he was raised up, And he asked for the book of the law. Now, until you're qualified by the twelve high priests, until you're qualified with your rabbinical bar mitzvah, you are not allowed to even touch the scriptures. Jesus not only has been qualified, Nicodemus was one of the 70 elders back when he was around 13 years of age who remembered this young person named Jesus. That's why in the chronological order of things, Nicodemus has come to him by night and approved him as a priest because he has ascended from one of the 70 elders and become one of the 12 high priests of the same year uh, that will be offering the Day of Atonement. So now that he's qualified by the synagogue in the tabernacle and he's uh, acknowledged by the 12 high priests, They've got what they're going to find out and what they're going to say. They've got a rebel on their hands. They've got a gunslinger. They've got someone they can't control. Someone that seems to know what he's talking about better than they know what they're talking about. And again, Nicodemus called him Rabboni, Master, Teacher. You're just like one of us, but you're much younger. And we identify, so Jesus... Now goes into this synagogue. uh, And I guess you can turn there. You can put your finger in there in in Matthew 9. Because I'm going to be coming right back to it. But in Luke 4, He taught in their synagogues being glorified of all. And He came to Nazareth where He had been brought up. And as His custom was... See, Jesus had this weird custom. A lot of Christians today don't have this custom. But I have the same custom. Uh... Uh, Pastor Scott has it uh, I know the loyal and the faithful have it But it's just weird that we go to church on Sundays. It's just kind of our custom uh, You know, you could stake out my home And if there was a time to rob it uh, You could get it right down to a perfect time Because I'm going to be leaving and going to church That's going to happen uh, If the creeks don't rise and, 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 and if they don't flood And I may go anyway if the creeks rise Praise God, I'll just roll my pants up and put on my boots and come anyway. Because I'm going to the house of God. It's something I believe in. You know, I have a commitment about the Sabbath day. Others have no commitment. They don't love the people. Now, that's not in respect of a a day or a new moon or a Sabbath day. Uh, But the body, the body of Christ. I've got to see Sister White. I've got to see Sister Lynn. I've got to see Sister Beth. I've got to see Pastor Husteller these are people I love and people tell me that they love and yet they do it while never seeing you, never being around you never talking to you, never checking in on you, I don't know that doesn't sound like love to me, so the body is of Christ and that's what we do before we take communion the Bible said to discern the body, are you sure you love everybody in your body have you cut anybody out, are you knit together in love, oops Preaching tonight, preaching a little preachy, uh, but I'm um, giving us a little checkup from the neck up. So Luke four said, there he was, as his custom was. He goes into the synagogue of the Sabbath day and stood up to read, and there was delivered to him the book of Isaiah. And not only does he ask for the prophetic book of Isaiah, the mini Bible of the Old Testament. 39 chapters of history and up to Hezekiah from Ahaz, Uzziah, and and then it ends in chapter 39. And then 27 more chapters that are messianic and talk entirely about the forerunner of our Lord Jesus, John the Baptist, or Elijah, and then the Messiah himself that was coming. So not only does he ask to handle the scriptures, He turns to the very place and talks about himself in the Bible. Now, we know this. He quotes Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 3. But he leaves out one part. One part of that. And that is to open up the prison houses. And that was because John, his cousin, who was the spirit of Elijah, is going to be left in prison and instead of having A two-headed church. John's going to be beheaded. He's going to have his his head cut off because there's only one real head to the church, and that is Jesus Christ. So John was Elijah, carried the spirit of Elijah, and Jesus said, if you can receive it, you can hear it. Now, other people who don't know the Bible and don't study it keep saying that, oh, the spirit of Elijah is going to come on the church. Well, I hope not. If it does come on your church, let me know because I'm going to stay far away. That means all of you are going to turn into sociopathic killers and you're going to leave a string of dead bodies everywhere you go. So I don't think that's a great idea. Uh, I'm going to follow Christ. I'm not going to follow Elijah. I don't like his methods. He's a sociopath. And his predecessor, Elisha, asked for a double portion. You see, he had a good nature. He loved people and had miracles did have the power of elijah but he had the good nature of someone who lived loved and served people so i want to be like elijah that's who i want to follow but all you elijah folks who just power only and you don't like people you're not my cup of tea so you're not going to break my heart if you don't come around because i'll probably get to live longer if you're not around because you'll probably kill me call fire down out of heaven something like that we don't need that that's not what we want no 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 So, he goes on to say, he went into the Sabbath and he stood up to read. The book of Isaiah was delivered to him. And then he quotes. And I didn't catch this for decades. I read and read and read and I always just assumed that that line in there of opening up the prison houses uh, would be in there. But it's not. And there's a reason why. In verse 19, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord... And he closed the book and he gave it to the minister and all the eyes were fastened on him like glue. What did he just read? My Lord, he even knew where to turn. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceedeth out of his mouth. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? There it is. Doubt. We know who this guy is. How can he say he's Isaiah 61? Joseph, his dad's a carpenter. And we know Mary. And even though they went out of their way to get the Roman papers to certify them as citizens and say that Jesus was the son of Mary and Joseph, uh, even though they went uh, on the day and had him circumcised uh, before the eighth day, just like the law said, and got the papers... From the head temple in Jerusalem And they said that Jesus had all his paperwork done That's what I'm trying to point out He did everything as legally as he could Yet there was always this going on Gossip You know you can do everything right And people are still going to gossip They're still going to talk about you They're still going to say Yeah well we know uh, We know he's the illegitimate son Mary got knocked up and Joseph, being a, a, a good guy, decided not to kill her, not to take her to church, and not to put her under the law and have her stoned to death uh, because God warned him of a dream. Don't be afraid to take her. She's still pure because uh, a virgin hath conceived, Isaiah seven fourteen. But they had all talked about it, and when they bring this up, is not this Joseph's son? No, they don't believe he's his son. His illegitimate son? the one that was born out of wedlock and he still married her anyway. You know the way talk goes around a small town. The way they, well, that's what they say, but we know better. So it goes on, and he said unto them, You will surely say unto me, this proverb, Physician, heal thyself. And whatever we've heard done in Capernaum, Galilee, Capernaum, Cana, uh, Chorzeran, all those upper northern cities on the northern side of the Sea of Galilee which is about a 70 mile journey from Jerusalem that's quite a walk Uh, so he's back and he said okay that's where you're going with this instead of accepting me for me declaring to you who I am and what I'm here to do let me tell you a little story fellas but I tell you a truth many widows were in Israel in the days of uh, Elijah, when the heavens were shut up three years and six months, not only counting the people that were directly killed by Elijah, he also called for rain for by no rain for three and a half years, and that numbers untold how many people died during that time uh, in the reign of Ahab and Jezebel. So this guy is a killer. No wonder he vanished away. Thank God when great famine was all throughout the land. But unto none of them was Elijah sent, save unto Seraphata, a city of Sidon, a Seraphonician woman that was a widow. None of them. And by the way, oops, this is going to be tough. She's not a Jew, she's a Gentile. Which was not even permitted, uh, which they were called. But the law and legalism wouldn't let them serve a Gentile woman. And Elijah went and made sure that she and her son didn't die by bringing in all these little cruises of oil so they could make cake and the family would be safe. But he said, all you Jews didn't get a visit from the prophet. You're getting a visit from the prophet that Moses spoke of and you're in my face rejecting me. I am that prophet. You are getting a visit and you're saying no to the visit. And I'm way better than Elijah. Way, way better. Everybody say way better than Elijah. Please. He was anointed with the oil of gladness above all his fellows. You're getting a visit and saying no to it. Okay. And Elijah wasn't even sent to a Jewish woman who was also starving. But he was sent to a Gentile woman. That's good preaching. And then 27. And look at it. He goes on. In fact, that's not enough. And many lepers were in the time of the man who followed in his shoes and received uh, his mantle, Elisha, uh, the prophet, and none of them, there were many lepers in Israel at that time, a whole bunch in the Jewish nation, but unto none of them, none of them got healed by Elisha, but a Gentile, their number one enemy, who was waging war, against Israel at that time, a captain and a general of their army that had killed and persecuted and worked against Israel, he came to Elisha and Elisha told old proud Naaman, go dip seven times in Jordan. And his servant had to talk to him and a little girl had to talk him into the sense of dipping in old muddy Jordan seven times. Now, none of the other Jews got this healing. None of the others got this visit. But these two Gentiles did. Now, Jesus, people don't like this in Christian church. Jesus is being very provocative. Provocative. He is provoking them. You're getting a visit. I'm reading it to you right out of the Bible. And here you are rejecting now, we are to provoke one another unto love into all good works, but Jesus is making His acceptance in His hometown an issue. Amen. Well, I may have to say amen by myself. I, I, I've got a lot of people looking at a new gate tonight. Might be a new truth to say it like that. But, Ben, He's laying on the line. He said, uh, these, these two Gentiles got a visit I was raised in your town, you get a visit, and I'm telling you who I am, and you're saying no. Now watch this, let's see if it's true or not. Verse 28, and all they in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with joy. Nope, not so much. They're filled with wrath, anger, they're mad. Now we know we hate him. And they rose up and thrust him, thrust him out of the city, out of the city illegitimate son of Joseph, right, bastard child of Mary, born out of wedlock, because they didn't know who his daddy was. And that's one time that they spoke the truth. They didn't know who his daddy was, because his daddy was God. Amen. And that would give you further information when you go on and read John 4 and 6, when he said, you're of your father the devil, because the evil in your heart, which is murder, you're trying to murder me. They tried to murder Jesus 11 times before they got it done at Calvary the twelfth time. That's right. That's what the devil is, someone who does evil. He said, you're of the father the devil. You're going to follow something that my spirit doesn't approve of. And I'm not here to kill you, I'm here to save you. And they rose up, thrust him out of the city, and led him under the brow of the hill, whereon their city was built, that they might cast him down headlong. But he, now this is a poor way of translating this, All of you King James Version Bible lovers, I love it too, that's what I preach out of. But if you don't really search the words, you'll never get the true meaning. But he passing through the midst of them, which means, Joel, he stared them down. He said, you think you're going to throw me down that hill and kill me? He looked straight at them and walked right through the midst of them. Same way when they came to take him in the Garden of Gethsemane with all the 50 men of the priest uh, guard and as soon as he admitted who he was he said I am he 50 men fell on their back he just admitted who he was we seek Jesus of Nathers and he said I am and when he said am a lightning bolt went boom and 50 men fell on their backs all he had to confess and tell them well, I'm him that's who I am I cannot deny myself If we deny Him, Paul said, He abideth faithful, He cannot and He will not deny Himself. I'm not going to be ashamed of Him or His words or His name or His power or His Holy Ghost. I'm not leaving anything out. I believe we can have it all for all the right reasons and live the right way. Jesus stared him down. They thrust Him out of the city. They're going to cast Him down the hill. He looked right at him. Walked right through the midst of them. Somebody say, Praise God. Isn't that good? That's what happened in his hometown. Now let's go to Matthew 9. And as the harmony of the gospel teaches, we're going to find that Jesus is back in a ship and he's going to pass over the Sea of Galilee again into a different country, Cana of Galilee. He's going to leave Nazareth, Matthew 9, and he passed over and came. Uh, into his own city, another part. and of course that's what took place while he was there as they tried to, he walks through the midst of them. and behold, uh, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy lying on a bed. and Jesus seeing their faith, seeing the men who came and led him down through the roof. The house was so packed full of people you couldn't get in, so they're carrying their friend on a stretcher, they believe their friend can be healed God didn't see the sick man's faith he saw their faith to get up on the roof remove the tiles and let him down in the very midst man I need some friends like that don't you i many would like to have about four friends like that I think I got more than four praise God I see at least four here tonight so I'm in, I'm in good shape I, I, I'm, I'm good company praise God I, have, I want to say I love you amen and Son, be of good cheer. Watch it now. Here comes more trouble. Thy sins. Now he got put in there for his sickness. And Jesus said, Thy sins be forgiven thee. Unlike the John 9 who did sin. He said, Nobody did sin. This is for the glory of God. But this time, he starts out with Sister Lynn and said, Thy sins be forgiven thee. Will, well, well, <laughs> <laughs> well, brother Chumley, you can see eyebrows just a puffing and smoke coming out their ears. And <laughs> uh, this man blasphemeth. Uh, who but God can forgive sins? Behold, certain of the scribes said within themselves, all you know, bottled up. This man blasphemed, And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, wherefore think ye evil in your hearts? Where does evil come from? Not the devil. Your heart. For whether is it easier to say thy sins be forgiven thee or to say arise and walk. Now you don't believe I can do the internal miracle which is the greater miracle. Danny Hustler preached on that and that is the greater miracle. But I'm going to do the outer miracle because if I can heal the outer shell I can heal the inner life. And he said I know that you guys walk by what you see and you don't walk by faith. So I'm going to do the easier of the two. I'm going to heal the man of palsy that you may know I have the power to forgive what's within the man. Amen. Everybody say amen. Thy sins be forgiven thee or to say arise and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on the earth to forgive sins. Then saith he to the sick of the palsy arise, take up thy bed and go Unto thine house. Woo! Welcome to church. Man, you talking about people jumping. I bet you there was hot tamales in that house. They got to jumping and shouting and praising God. They had themselves a Pentecostal fit. They were glorifying God. Praise God. Uh, among common people, poor folk, saw a divine miracle. I don't know if you've ever seen anybody raised from the dead. I have. I've seen it happen. I've seen cataracts healed. I've seen uh, that that man that got his cataracts healed. Son, he was crawling over that church like Spider-Man when he could see straight. It was a miracle of God. Woo! Marvelous, marvelous, marvelous. Arise, take up thy bread. And he rose and departed to his house. But when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God, which hath given such power, which has given such power. Somebody put your glove on. Don't catch the flu, but I'd like for you to catch this. God had given such power unto men. Now I'm going to catch that. I'm going to put my glove back on. You can pitch that my way. Anybody doesn't believe in the power from men that comes from God, pitch it my way. I'll receive it. i catch it. I'll take your anointing and their anointing and everyone else's anointing. Praise God. And I'll do something with it. Praise God. I'm not going to let it just uh, lay here inside of me and do nothing. I'm going to go into all the world and uh, heal the sick. And Jesus passed forth from thence. And he saw a man named Matthew. Now we're in Matthew's gospel. Uh, uh, The book of Mark and the book of Levi said he was a son of Alphaeus, a Levi. He was of the tribe of Levi, which means he was a descendant of Moses and Aaron. He was out of that vein of priesthood. But the man was a publican. Not a Samaritan, but a publican. Somebody who through a technicality had been put out of the church. And because he had to earn a living, he had become a tax collector. And because, and probably he worked for a little short guy that climbed up in a tree later in the Gospels, who was over his whole district, Zacchaeus. He probably worked for Zacchaeus, and that's probably how Zacchaeus heard about Jesus through the conversion of this fellow Matthew. But the Jews had said because you handled money and it has the inscription of Caesar on it, they said that was a graven image and that it would take seven days if you handled money like that and the priest saw it, you had to be cleansed for seven days. The problem was after Sunday, which is Saturday, and there's the end of the week. We start at the beginning of the week. On Saturday, when you go to work on uh, Sunday, he has to uh, touch money again. So, when he collects money again, he's got to be sanctified for another seven days. Well, when he touches it on Tuesday, he's got to be sanctified for the seventh day. So now he has this endless negative loop. A very sincere man who wants to serve God, but is literally put out of the church through uh, a technicality, victimized, victimized by the religiosity telling people who and who cannot be saved. Well, your hair's too long. I want you to know with earbobs like that, you can't come into the house of God. Shut up. You and your earbobs, I don't care if they're as big as trash can lids. Come on in. Praise God. I don't care if you can stand up here on the stage and Danny gets a bong and we use them for a symbol. That's fine with me. If Jesus saves you, that's all we need. Right? And God can tell you whether you need to take out those flying saucers or not. I, I, that's between you and Jesus. Praise God! Take out those hula hoops that you wear through your ears. If you got one through your nose, I don't know what possesses you, but God can deal with you about that. Uh, it's not my preference. Uh, you know, people, what do you think, Brother Kevin? I said, well, it's not in my nose, so it doesn't matter. Praise God! Uh, but it's not my thing. That's between you and Jesus. Jesus is your sanctification. Now, if you walk with Him and He leads you to take it out, you'll probably keep it out. But if you quit for a church, You'll pick it up somewhere else down the road Because you didn't do it for the right reason You don't get sanctified for church and religion and people You get sanctified because of the one who lives in you Amen, good preaching Praise God Because remember flesh and blood shall not inherit the kingdom of God And all of you that get hinked up About what people are doing on their skin and flesh right now Well that's not going to inherit the kingdom anyway So don't worry Don't worry, trust me Read your Bible and move on Salvation can come to anybody's house Matthew, come on Now, as soon as he hears Jesus There's something about him That he stops what he's doing on the spot And follows the Lord How many like this? this is good so far? We learning? Alright And he, he stops what he's doing Sitting at the receipt of custom And he saith unto this fellow, follow me Now, we're up to about seven Jesus has chosen about seven people They're not twelve yet we're up to about seven hand-picked people by Christ. And he arose and followed him. Well, and it came to pass when he followed Jesus, apparently something touched him. Woo! He felt more than a, a, a shrill go down his leg. He felt something really enter his heart, enter his life. And it came to pass that Jesus said at Meet in the house of Matthew. Behold, and because Matthew is a publican, he's kind of friends with everybody. He's a man of the city, a man of the town. But he does want to serve God. But he likes sinners and saints alike. He likes Jews and Gentiles alike. So you're going to get a little bit of everything and everybody who comes to his big old house. And he's got some money because he's making money. He's providing for his own, taking care of his family. And when he has, when he has a, a, a pig picking, everybody in the county shows up. I mean, it is on, bro. Everyone comes over with their flagons of wine and, and uh, uh, their hog heads and everything. And, you know, they're going to have a pig picking. No, I'm sorry, you can't eat pig. That's right. Uh, so it's probably a, like a cow or something. Or a lamb, lamb chops. A lot of lamb chops on the grill. Sorry about that. Because them Jews, them kosher Jews. I got people here who said, oh, you don't eat pork, do you? I said, man, yeah, praise God, I'm a Gentile that's saved. Glory to God. I'd probably lose 100 pounds if I quit eating pork, but uh, I believe it's sanctified by the Word of God and prayer. Now these guys wouldn't have been eating a pig. I shouldn't have said that. I'm from the South down here. We like we like barbecuing pigs, but they were having they were having a feast over there, and Jesus was eating with them. Hallelujah. And publics and sinners came and sat down with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, And said unto the disciples, Why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? We put those people out of the church. And he's over there eating with sinners. But Jesus heard that. He overheard him. He was eavesdropping. Now, he didn't discern it. He was eavesdropping. They, They said it in earshot. How arrogant. They said it loud enough where he could pick it up. Now, he's better than Superman. He has supersonic hearing. And he can discern your thoughts. I mean, this guy's got Superman beat hands down. He's supernatural. But it went into his ears, and Jesus, when he heard that, he said, "Uh, they that be whole, they don't need a physician. Now, you don't realize that you're not whole, so you won't let the doctor work on you, so your sins are going to remain. These people are lost and don't even know they're lost. Some of them know they're lost, And you've already rejected them. You put them out of the church where it could have been worked out, where they could have understood God, but they that are sick, that's who I came to. I go to sick folk. But go and learn what this meaneth. Amen to God. Go and learn what this meaneth. Everybody say, go learn what this meaneth. He's sending them back to the Word. In in another place, by the time we read nearly the same thing again, he said, have you not read the scriptures? You people say that you study the scriptures and because you study them, you think you have eternal life. But he said, these were the people that were testifying of me. He said, go learn what this means. Now the best way to learn what mercy means is to follow Jesus Christ, not criticize Him. That would be the best way to learn it, but they are not going to learn it from Him. He says, Okay. Take another source Go back to the Bible and see if you can read I will have mercy And not sacrifice Now for that word sacrifice Everyone that they were sacrificing Over their rules and regulations Over qualifying and disqualifying people We'd use the word victimization Have you ever been there? I got uber righteous when I first got saved I was uberly self-righteous And I was taught in the church that I was in, it took me a while to figure out what was going on. wasn't too clever back then. I lacked wisdom. Unlike the rest of the people who have been saved, I lacked a whole lot. It, it, a lot of stuff happened to me before I said, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on here. What's going on? Uh, this having a bad effect on me. And uh, uh, I don't feel good because uh, uh, I'm, 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 I'm taking my, my pastor's teaching and... He thinks we're the only ones going to heaven. Not true. He thinks that we're, we're the only ones that are really saved. Not true. He thinks we're the only ones that have the truth. That's a lie. And uh, instead of uh, loving people and accepting them in, I was victimizing people, telling them, focusing on what I thought they were not, and I was the one who died. I became grossly unhappy. And God said, well, if you return to love, I'll, let, I'll revive you. I'll reconstitute you. No wonder you're dried up like an old religious prune. Shame on you. So God poured some Holy Ghost back on me, and I, I reconstituted, and I, I swole back up and was full of love. I got swole. I got swole in Jesus' name. Praise God. And uh, Which means I got full of the Holy Ghost again. But go ye learn what this meaneth. I will have mercy and not victimization. For I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners... Uh, sinners to repentance he said that's who I came for you guys who think you don't need a doctor you won't let me work on you so your disease and your sickness will remain had you said that we can't see we don't know where we're going we need a guide then I would have forgiven you of your sin but because you say you see uh, John chapter 12 for those of you who want to reference uh, because you say you see Therefore, your sin remains. Right? But these people who don't know what's going on, that's how Jesus found me. I I lived in ignorantville. I was ignorant when it came to God, the Holy Ghost. People say, I wasn't raised that way. (laughs) Oh, really? You weren't raised that way? Well, guess what? I wasn't either. I wasn't even raised nowhere near that way. Not even close. And God still saved me. And God still filled me and, and let me be born again, praise God. And I've been trying to live it ever since. Now watch this. Jesus, by chapter 10, is going to call 12 disciples. And He's going to give them power, 10 to heal all manner of sickness and disease. And He's going to command them what they should teach. And now the seven have turned into twelve. And he he picked everyone else in the outer regions in the upper part of Galilee and he only chose one person out of Jerusalem itself. And guess who that happened to be? Judas Iscariot, the one that betrayed him. Only one person out of Jerusalem. That's the only disciple that he picked out of Jerusalem. And he turned to be a, a withdrawing disciple. Someone who thought his ideas were better Than the the thoughts of Christ. So he teaches them what to do. And if you'll jump all the way uh, to chapter 11. Now you should read that whole 10th chapter because it's a good one. Praise God. I'm just trying to get to the next time he says this. Is that okay? And it came to pass when Jesus had made an end of commanding his 12 disciples. He departed thence to teach and preach in their cities. Now he's going to give reference to why John is in prison. John's going to send two of his followers to him and say, Are you the Christ? Why? Well, there's a whole sermon on that. John and Jesus spent many of their teenage years down with the Essenes where John had become such a proponent of baptizing. And John said, I'm going to announce my ministry with Uh, Isaiah chapter 40 I'm going to start out that's going to be my announcement for who I am and Jesus said well I'm going to announce my ministry Isaiah 61 now both Jesus and John knew what the scripture said and when John landed in prison for openly rebuking Herod and his witch of a wife Herodias bad move. Should have taken her off to the side and showed her the love of God but when he openly rebuked her Herodias, because he had his brother Philip's wife, the tetriarch, up to the north, up to the northwest, uh, near the uh, Decapolis, in his region, because he'd taken his wife. She had it in for old John. John winds up in prison and he's in hard shape. And he thought, because Jesus' announcing statement, Sister Lynn said, "Open up the prison doors," and yet when Jesus had confessed and touched the scriptures and read those, he left that part out. And that was his way of saying, no, John, we're not going to have any more law. We're not going to have any more speaking like Moses. We're not going to have any more death. I'm going to go to one death that once and for all resolves. I am the Lamb of God, as you pointed out. My death is the last death God is interested in. I wish the church would hear that. The blood of Jesus Christ is the death that God our Father was satisfied with for eternity. God does not want, neither desires anyone else to die. He's not willing that people perish. People choose to remove themselves from His salvation. His will is to be merciful and forgiving and graceful. That's who He wants to be. And for those of us who've said yes, that's what He's like. But to the rest who say, no, you're missing the greatest opportunity of eternity. The one real true opportunity of eternity. But he said, what did you go out to see? A man clothed in fine linen and and purple? He said, nope. How about uh, leather and uh, wool? How about a man of the wilderness? A A prophet? He said, more than a prophet. Among them that are born of women, key verse, born of women, Remember that Jesus was born of women, but he was fathered by God. Those that were born of women from a man, there's been none greater. This is the best version of Elijah. This is as close as we can get to the power of God. And he has already offended many with his legalistic attitude. And he offended the king of Israel, even though he was a mock king. And he was uh, married to Philip's wife. Uh, he could not continue to teach the church Because we can't have a mouth full of grace on one side And a mouth full of legalism on the others We don't need such vain jangling in the church People desiring to be teachers of the law When we're called by the grace of God I want to speak grace and only grace And pure grace as the servant of Jesus Christ I'm not under Moses anymore He also vanished away with Elijah, on the Mount of Transfiguration. The motive of the law and the method of the law vanished, and there was Jesus, and the voice said, This is my beloved Son, hear ye Him. So John's taken out of the way. He will lose his head, and then we get something else wrong. If You'll jump to verse 12. He said in 11, leading up to 12, 11, 11, Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist, notwithstanding, who had who came in the spirit of Elijah, notwithstanding, he is the least in the kingdom of heaven, is greater than he. I have a greater ministry than John. You have a greater ministry than John. And yet we reduce ourselves and act like we don't even compare Thank God you don't compare to Him. Bad comparison. You're not supposed to be like Him. You've got something much greater to do. Amen. In verse 12, here we go. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffered violence. And we used to use violence, but it is sinners that use violence as their force. Violence is not my force. My kingdom suffers violence because everyone that is born of the Spirit suffers violence from him that's born after the flesh. You will suffer tribulation of the children of the flesh. You will suffer many things in this life. But he said in this life you'll have tribulation because people of the flesh will use violence against you. We don't use violence. We use love. The Bible said of the Antichrist in Daniel 11.38. You know I can back it up. I wouldn't be bringing it up if I couldn't back it up. Read Daniel 11.38. He said, he shall bless himself with the God of forces. And of course, people love forceful, assertive, aggressive individuals who supposedly get things done. Okay, I'm going to wait on love. I'm going to let love fight for me. I've tried to be assertive authoritative when I shouldn't have been I needed to be kinder I needed to be more merciful and now I'm learning again all over again it's like I've shed off my old skin and I've become new all over again and now the better me has emerged because I'm willing to admit where I was wrong violence and force is not the way we do things we operate in love we have the authority of love and it may seem like we're not getting our way Because love doesn't have to have its own way That's okay It may seem like we're losing But even when we're losing, we're winning Even when we're weak, we're strong Even when we're in necessity His grace is sufficient Even when we're in distress, we're under God's favor Even when we're in infirmities Been there in the valley of the shadow of death His stripes, they do heal me God kept me alive That's, that's the truth of the matter And violent people are people who use the law to judge one another. Because thinking takes too much time. Thinking incorporates too much of your mind. You really should think about what you're doing and what you're saying and meditate and become a slow thinker. I'm not a quick thinker. I I can't just zip things off like other people. I have to really think and meditate. I have to ruminate all day long. I have to think about what I'm going to say tonight uh, before I come and make a mess out of everything. And I've, I've had a few of those uh, that I've served up and God said, Don't, mm, uh, I was not with you on that one, says the Lord. Uh, but I believe He's with me tonight. Amen. So, we move on through and look at this. Verse 25. Let's go back a little bit further. Verse 20. Then He began, and He talks about the difference between He him and Himself, He and John. They said John was a prophet. He came neither eating and drinking. And uh, they didn't like him and they killed him. Jesus comes eating and drinking, kind of like me. And they said a wine-bibber and a glutton. Praise God. So they accused Jesus of it. Now I know where I fit in. A wine-bibber and a glutton. They said there I am at the feasting table eating too much. Well, yeah, I know. Me and Jesus alike. Uh, Praise God. Oh, I might be leaning on that a little heavy. But that's what they said. John came neither eating and drinking. You rejected him. And now another one comes, more statesman-like, more Elisha-like. We got rid of the Elijah. The Elisha-like person comes, lives in the city, lives in the town, loves people, sits down at feasts, goes to marriages, and uh, came of Galilee. Doesn't give him less wine. For God's sake, he gave him more wine. <laughs> Oh, send me a letter. I'd love it. Send me one. Send me one. Zing it out there to me, baby. I'd like to hear you explain your way out of that one. Praise God. But nevertheless, he gave them some more wine when they ran out of that marriage of Cana of Galilee. That's what he did anyway. uh, and, 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 And they said that wisdom, nevertheless wisdom, whatever version of wisdom God wants you to be, you know, God wants me this way. Wisdom is justified over children. Here are two very different men. Both of them come from God. One lives this way and the one lives that way. Very different. You're whatever version of wisdom God wants you to be. People say, well, I just don't like him. Well, you, God will let you find somebody you do like. Let's see if you can hear the gospel from them. I may not be your cup of tea because I like tea with lemon. Yeah, I, I'm from the South, please God. You can drink it with a uh, uh, three, 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 three cups of sugar and pour it on pancakes if you want to. Uh, but I, I don't like that much sugar. And I like a little, a little uh, a lemon squeeze right on top of mine. Woo, mix it all up and we're ready to go downtown now. Uh, but wisdom is justified of our children. God anoints one man this way and anoints another man that way. And they seem to be very different, but they represent the same God. Then, verse 20, he began to upbraid the cities wherein most of his mighty works were done. And he did most of what he did in Capernaum. Amen. Woe unto you, uh, Chorazin. Woe unto thee, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works which were done in you, which had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago and sat cloth and ashes. But I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable and this is a big statement for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. And thou, Capernaum, which are exalted unto heaven, shall be brought down to hell. Woo! I tell you what, if I heard that, me and my family, we'd be moving the same afternoon. I said, We're moving out of here. I'll tell you that right now. We're not going to spend another day in Capernaum. We're 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 out of here. We're we're leaving Dodge. He said, We're gonna be brought down to hell. Woo! Pack the bags, honey. We're leaving. Just forget it. Leave it. Let's just get out of here while we can. Praise God. That's what I would have taken. Uh, shall be brought down. For if the mighty works which had been done in thee had been done in Sodom, it would have remained unto this day. But I say unto you that it should be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for thee. And remember, all that Lot's wife had to do was not look back. Get out of town. That's all she had to do. Leave everything behind. Start over again. Get a new life. All she had to do was not look back. But she turned to look back and she was mortified, put to death as a pillar of salt. What type of salt? Well, even the deers wouldn't lick that lump of salt because it lost all its saltiness. It lost all its savior. It was worth savior. Savor. That's without a use. For those of you, Lynn's giving me the eyeball. Her, her glasses went down and said, excuse me. Uh, so savor means taste or flavor. Isn't that right, Sister Michelle? You, you, salt is supposed to be salty, right? Supposed to have that little twing. That's why you put it on a steak and love it. But, right. So, and remember, all they had to do was get out. And That's why if he said that, if I lived in Capernaum, uh, I'm grabbing the wife from the babies. And we're hitting the trail, baby. We're getting out of here. And then, 25, I'm kind of making this long, unfortunately. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from people that are wise in their own ideas and prudent in their own attitudes and hast revealed them unto people that are babes, like Brother Kello. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight, All things are delivered unto me and my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father. Neither knoweth any man the Father, save the Son. And He is the revealer. He's the revealer. If you know God, He's revealed to you by Jesus Christ, or you don't know Him. Amen. Amen. (coughs) Uh, You may choke on that, but that's what it says. The one who reveals, who carries the testimony of the Father, John 3 said it again, is Jesus Christ. I carry the testimony of His salvation because I believed His testimony that He was God manifest in the flesh. He was the very Word made alive that came from a virgin womb. He was Almighty God in human form. He revealed the Father unto me. Amen. But the Father neither knoweth any man, Uh, knoweth any man the Father, save the Son, And he, to whomsoever the Son, reveal him. Amen. Now if you jump down to 12. Of course you can read that, come unto me. You always have people telling you that. That's still a good statement. I still like it. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. You shall find rest for your soul. Amen. Take my yoke upon you, for my burden is easy and and they are light. Praise God. Uh, So that's all good. Now 12. Now he's coming out of Capernaum. At that time Jesus went on the Sabbath day through the corn. And as disciples were hungered and began to pluck the ears of corn and the grain to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto Him, Behold, your disciples are breaking our laws on the Sabbath. It's not lawful to pull grain down and eat while you walk through the corn stalks. Apparently it was Halloween there was a corn maze. And they'd been out traveling for a good while. And they started pulling, pulling corn and pulling it off. And and, and the Pharisees are just looking for a reason. To uh, you know, if somebody watched you long enough, they could find out something they didn't like. Can you imagine being watched 24 hours a day? Well, you can catch me in a bad moment. I I just go ahead and help you. Out. I said, let's take a shortcut instead of you having to follow me for five days. Let me go ahead and show you uh, when when I get in a bad mood. Let me show you what it's like. Let me go ahead and give you some ammo right now. Because God's still going to forgive me. He still loves me. And if I, could, if I could fix me, I'd do it. I'm in my Father's hands, and if He wants this to change, He can change it. But let me, let me cut your path short. Praise God. <laughs> Let's cut to the chase. I, I, I'm a sinner saved by grace. I don't know what the rest of you are. But that's what I am. Anyway. And they said, It's not lawful to do on the Sabbath day. And He said unto them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungered? Have you not read in 1 Samuel 19 when David and his men were the rebel running away from Saul who tried to kill him seven times? And while he was out on the lamb, as they say, after Jonathan and he had changed clothes so that David could escape, after his second daughter Micah had led him down by a wall And Saul sent soldiers in there to kill David in his sleep after he escaped out of them, after they gave the sign of shooting the archer's bow and and letting him know if it was safe or not because an evil spirit had gotten on Saul. He said, have you not read? They came to a place called Nob and there it was, the priest Ahimelech on the Sabbath day was changing out the bread. There should be 12 loaves of fresh bread cooked once a week on the table of the Lord. And David and his men were hungry. And David said, I, t- I, t- I tell you, O Ahim, what's going on, bro? Uh, me and my boys are hungry. We've been traveling. Uh, what you got to eat? He said, well, uh, we don't have any common bread. Uh, we-, we hadn't been in the kitchen. But we do have the hallowed bread. And it's just been chained out for 12 fresh loaves. And uh, even though the priests are the only ones that get to eat this, uh, I'll I tell you what Dave uh, Since you're on the lamb And I know o Saul's trying to kill you He said uh, uh, let's just make sure Your men with you the last three days They haven't been sleeping with women And sleeping around have they? <laughs> he said no praise God we, we, We've been keeping it a tight bunch uh, We, we haven't gone into any of the villages Or any of the places And met up with any of our gal pals We're all clean in body He said okay well you can take this bread And David said well give me the bread and we'll eat And he said by the way I had to get out of uh, uh, Jerusalem. I had to get out of, sorry, uh, it's really up there in Gibeah. That's where Saul's capital was at that time. He said, I had to get out of there so fast. I didn't take any of my weapons. I didn't take a sword. I didn't take a breastplate. I didn't take a helmet. What you got here? He said, well, I tell you, you've seen it before. He said, "Uh, when you were in the valley, he said, I have the sword of Goliath. He said, "Woo! There ain't a sword like that nowhere in town. The sword of Goliath. Yeah, I'll take that. He said, well here I'll give you the sword and you can have the hallowed bread and you and your men eat. So they ate what they should. David is more in the will of God being the rebel running away from the king. Jesus is more in the will of God preaching the kingdom of God than the Pharisees who say they represent God. All they can do is find fault and victimize people because they are not merciful. David said, give me the bread we're going to eat. Give me the sword, we'll take it. And of course, at that time, unfortunately, they're going to put Ahimelech to death because one of the chief shepherds of Saul was there. He was detained, the Bible said. Apparently, he had to pray through. But uh, his name was Doeg. I called him a dog's leg. And he went and told Saul that Ahimelech had... uh, helped David and gave him the hallowed bread and the sword and then Saul went down there and killed killed the priest because he didn't have any love for God he wasn't merciful either and if they could have got their hands on Jesus and his followers they would have killed him now listen to it have you not read what David did when he was a hungered and by the place, the place they went to was Nob I hope I said that, I say that earlier it's not Henry's Nob it's not that place, Joel. I know you used to hang out there when you was a teenager. <laughs> out there in your pickup truck, your Dodge pickup truck. He had a big old Dodge Ram pickup truck back then. Had a big old uh, train train bumper on the front of it where you could just scoot people off the road. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, but this was Nob in Israel. <laughs> I love Jesus. Don't you? I hope you love him. All right. Have you not read in the law how that on the Sabbath days The priest in the temple profane the Sabbath And are blameless Woo! Careful now How the priest in the temple uh, profane the Sabbath In other words, we don't have to live under rules and regulations And they are blameless Oh my, that's the grace of God on them But I say unto you that in this place is one greater than the temple Things aren't sanctified because of the temple, but the God who gives representation of the temple and your body is a better representation of God's temple than anything made with men's hands. Amen. But have you known what this meaneth? I will have mercy and not sacrifice. You would not have condemned the guiltless. Turn with me to Micah 6. We're trying to close. Man, we are moving. I mean, it's getting something out of this. Now this is how they could have went and learned this. They had to go back and do some reading and study. They'd have to get their uh, uh, e-sort out and look up mercy and find out all the Old Testament references to mercy and say, we need to restudy all those areas of mercy. And they could have found this. They had to get their big Abington Strong's Concordance out and and turn to M and find uh, M-E-R-C-Y and look up all the references to mercy in the Old Testament. Then they could have found it. Amen. Go learn what this meaneth. Go get your Bible back out and read. And let's see if you have a spirit of mercy. You see, you can't see mercy in the Bible if you don't have mercy in your heart. You can't see love in the Bible if you don't have love in your heart. You can't receive revelation from the Bible if you don't have the spirit of revelation given to you. God is the one who inspires us and makes this book real. You can't see forgiveness in the Bible if you don't have a willingness to forgive. Amen. So Micah said, this is all worth it. we got four minutes. Four minutes before we park the car. Praise God. Some of you have great hope now. Hope, it's, in, with this, it's within distance. Uh, Micah 6.6 6. <laughs> Micah 6.6 6. Wherewith shall I come before the Lord? Good question. And bow myself before the high God. Shall I come before Him with burnt offerings and with calves of old? Should I be like those in Psalm 50 and think I've made a covenant with God by what I've sacrificed or is it what He sacrificed? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams? That's what Solomon did. Will He be pleased with 10,000 rivers of oil? You've got over 40 references in the book of Leviticus of things that you pour oil on, all the meat sacrifices before they're offered to the Lord. Is that what God really wanted? Sounds like they're turning God into a, a mob boss. And as long as you keep him paid off, you can go do what you want to with no heart for it. Just pay him off with some rams and bullocks and, and lambs. It doesn't matter. We'll just keep doing oh, praise God. Give the mob boss his due and you're okay with God. I don't think this is the mafia that we're dealing with. Amen. And, and should I try to be Abraham. Should I try to give my firstborn for my transgression, the the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? No! told Abraham, I just wanted to see if you would. God had provided Himself later in the Scriptures a lamb for sacrifice, but there was also a male ram that had his horns caught in the thicket. He has showed you what He wants you to do. This is what you should have been learning. This is what should have come upon you. He has showed the old man what is good and what doth the Lord require, but to do justly, do right by people, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. Amen. Now go to uh, Hosea six three. Oh, how many likes this type of preaching? Right out of the book. Amen. Right out of the book. Maybe that's why you don't write letters. You don't have enough time to use the Bible to show me uh, anything better. I'm using the Bible. This is what I believe. I'm, I'm only sharing what I believe. If you've got a better way of believing it, share the Bible with me. Be inspired. Be anointed. And we'll we'll belly up. Praise God. We'll have a feast of charity. And we'll sit down and eat with you. Glory to God. So it said this in Hosea 6.3 Then shall we know if... condition. We follow on to know the Lord is going forth as prepared as the morning. Amen. That day star, And He shall come unto us as the rain, the latter and the former rain, unto the earth. O Ephraim, what shall I do unto thee? O Judah, what shall I do unto thee? For your goodness is as a morning cloud, as early dew it goeth away. Therefore I have hewn them by the prophets." I have slain them by the words of my mouth, and thy judgments uh, are as the light that goeth forth. Now look what he wanted. For I desired mercy and not sacrifice, that's exactly what Jesus said, and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. But they like men have transgressed the covenant. They have dealt treacherously against me. Gilead is the city of them that work iniquity and is polluted with blood. As troops of robbers wait for a man, so the company of priests murder in the way by consent, for they commit lewdness. I have seen a horrible thing in the house of Israel, that is whoredom of Ephraim, and Israel is defiled. Also Judah, he has set a harvest for thee, when I am returned, when I have returned, for the captivity of my people. I want you to know that we were taken captive. But we were the prisoners, now we're the prisoners of Jesus Christ, and He's helping us understand how we should be. He's helping me with my behavior, my conduct, the way I think, the way I live, the way I treat and talk to others is important, It's very important, whether they be saved or unsaved, all people. I try to make friends and prayers and grace with everyone that I interact with. I'm not like the preacher that goes to the dry cleaners and, Just a man's is 10% because he's a preacher. I don't care if you give me 10% or not. If you don't know that I love you and care about you, you don't have to give me 10% off. I'll just soon pay like everybody else. I'm your brother. And that's what I had to say tonight. There's more to it. You should go to Micah 7 and read that chapter. The last chapter. I wanted to get to it. Didn't quite get there. But I wanted to get to it. Because there's a lot of good in Micah chapter 7. Right when you thought the Lord was against me, He's going to rise and be for me. I love you. God bless you. Amen and amen. No victims. Just people we forgive and love and show mercy to. Amen.